Hey friends, welcome to Whole Heart. It's Monica C. Guidry. And as always, I'm so glad that you're here, that you're taking time to listen in today. Today is Monday, which means it's a special edition of Whole Heart. And I have an amazing guest. I am actually super excited about this special edition for the month of September because it's all about sex. And I have a sexologist who is going to be with us, who is an expert because I am not. And as I tell you always, I'm not gonna talk about anything that I don't have any knowledge about. So I bring people in like today who are specialists at whatever topic that we will be discussing. And she's with me and I cannot wait to introduce her. But before I do, I want to remind you that I have my affirmation journals that are available to you. Uh, the I Am Affirmation Journal. It's a seven-day guided affirmation journal to get you guys back into, into alignment and to just speaking life over yourselves because, listen, we're in a pandemic and there are a lot of things going on that are super crazy and we can kind of lose a sense of ourselves in the midst of that. And so this guided affirmation journal will help you kind of realign and start speaking over yourselves things that you may not believe, but I bet you, once you start speaking those things over and over again, you'll start believing in them and then you'll become them. So that's that. Now let's get into the show. I want to welcome and introduce you to the beautiful and educated Dr. Celeste Holbrook. She has a PhD in health education. She has two, well, not two, she has twins who are eight <laughs> years old and she's been married for 13 years. So she's like a lot of us um, women that are tuning in today. So welcome to the show, Dr. Celeste. Do you want me to call you doctor or you want me to just oh, call you Celeste? Oh, goodness gracious, no. You can call me <laughs> Celeste. <laughs> yes. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me, Monica. I'm just very pleased and feel very honored to be here. Thank you for asking me. Thank you for me. saying yes. So tell me how you came to become a sexologist. Mm. Yes. Well, <laughs> yeah. So I um, kind of grew up in a, in a fairly conservative um, Christian home and community, a very loving, beautiful Christian home and community. I decided to wait to have penetrative sex till I was married. And when that's neither here nor there, but when I did eventually have sex, um, it hurt really, really bad. <laughs> it was very, very painful. And I kind of thought that I had done the right thing. I had checked all the boxes. Why wasn't sex good for me? Like I thought it was supposed to be. Um, and so I, after a year, I went to a, a really terrible sex and, you know, if you've ever been newly married, you know, that newly married people are kind of bad at, you know, <laughs> conflict resolution and navigating things like that. And, um, our sex life was really difficult on our marriage. Um, and I felt a lot of shame, like I wasn't living up to what I was supposed okay. to be doing as a wife and of course pain. And then I felt resentful towards my partner because, of him wanting to have sex. Anyway, so I went to a OB-GYN a year after we got married and my OB-GYN told me there was nothing physically wrong with me that I just maybe needed to have a kid and everything would be fixed. Right. That was my, that was my reaction too. <laughs> it's don't fix anything. Um, and so I just decided at that point that I needed to figure out what was going on. And so I essentially became the professional that I needed and I was able to kind of work through my own pain and shame. Um, and then I decided I'd, I would try and help other women. And so here I am 11 years later. <laughs> well, you've been doing this 11 years. I've been a sex educator for 11 years and I've had my own practice for seven. That is incredible. I, 
they say, I don't know what the, the term is, but they just talk about how, how we become experts when there is a lack in our lives. Yes. And so you literally educated yourself. And because you educated yourself, you now are able to educate other women. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's, a, it's a big gap in healthcare. Um, OBGYNs aren't always sexually trained and therapists aren't always sexually trained. So there needs to be something in the middle to help hold your hand through the emotional parts of sex, um, the baggage parts of sex that we bring from our past and the physical educational parts of sex. And so that's kind of my area of specialty is kind of in between an OBGYN and a therapist. You know, the, the interesting thing about it, when I was hunting around for a sexologist, there were not a lot. I did not right. come across a lot. I, I, um, I was hunting on, on Instagram and I did like a, a hashtag or something and there were not very many. And then you came and up, I'm just, I, I was just like, she's perfect. She, she <laughs> checks all the box. She's perfect. Like, this is what we need. We need more people like you in this space that's willing to talk to us in, in, in ways that that's um, not embarrassing. Um, you've been where we are. And um, so I'm so, so I'm just grateful that you said yes. It's almost like what I teach people about pain and purpose, like mm -hmm. turning your pain into purpose. Mm -hmm. It's like you discovered this became your purpose. It wasn't, it was a painful, literally and literally and, yes. you know, figuratively uh, yeah. process, but you discovered purpose in it. And now you're educating. It's so yes. amazing. Um, well, and, and two, when you talk about, you know, I know that you help women find their passion. And like you're just saying, sometimes that passion evolves or grows roots out of a pain area. And that's, that's right. certainly the case for me. That's right. So what is, what are some of the, the things that women come to you about? Like, what is the, what are the top issues that women have when they're, when they're speaking to you? Yes. So my areas of specialty are low libido, painful intercourse, and sexual shame. Um, so a lot of us grow up in, uh, have grown up in purity culture, meaning um, not a lot was told to us about sex, or we were kind of told that Think, you know, if you have sex before you're married, bad things are going to happen and things like that. Um, and that can be damaging. It can affect the way you think about sex. Even as a married person, you don't just flip a switch when, you know, when you sign that marriage contract, it's like, okay, now everything is fine, you know? Um, so I deal a lot with um, people who grew up in purity culture like I did. Um, and things like, it just grows roots. Uh, if you're told your whole life that you should not have sexual thoughts, um, it is no wonder that you might have low libido as a married person. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, let's talk about that. Like what do, what do thoughts have to do with your low libido? Mm. So we know out of research that the biggest killer of arousal or libido, we're going to use those words interchangeably. The biggest killer of arousal is responsibility. So the responsibilities that you have in your brain are the number one culprit of why you might be experiencing low libido because it's hard to um, feel liberated and um, erotic and playful when you have a load of laundry that you're thinking about. <laughs> <laughs> or have you ever been like laying there having sex and then you're staring at the ceiling going, I think I should paint the ceiling linen <laughs> instead of cotton. <laughs> 
So your right. thoughts actually play a very, very big part in your arousal. And that's essentially where your arousal begins is in your mind. In your mind. Mm -hmm. So what do you, wow, that's so loaded. So <laughs> yes. Like, so how do you get someone to break out of, get out of their head? Because I, I mean, I, I am, um, I would say that I've fallen into that before, like yeah. just yeah. in my head. And so it's hard for me to be in the moment because I'm in my head. So how do you break free from mental chains? Yes. Well, it's a lot, it's a kind of a, an in-depth process, but let's talk about a few tools or techniques that your listeners could use like tonight, if you wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> right. um, so one is just giving yourself permission to uh, be a sexual person. If you've grown up in a way that tells you that you, it's not okay for you to be sexual. Um, there's a process that you probably need to go through to deconstruct some of those message and allow yourself, give yourself permission to be sexual. Mm -hmm. Um, and then a secondary thing is to embrace sensuality. So we are all born sensual. Um, sensuality is just a term to describe your five senses. That's it. It's, we kind of often associate it always with sex, but if you look mm -hmm. at a toddler sitting in the grass, maybe your 15 month old Monica yes. <laughs> sitting in the grass, they are picking up the grass. They're smelling it. They're tasting it. They're watching it blow away in the wind. Right. Um, so toddlers are very sensual being, they use all of their senses. And as we get older, we tend to get more visually dominant. If you have, if you are an able-bodied person and you have your eyesight, we tend to be more visually dominated. So in sex, if you can, root back down to your senses, uh, your brain can't actually process sensory information, tangible information wow. and anxiety about the past or the future. So I'm a person of faith. So I like to say when God says, I am the great, I am, he's talking about being in this present moment mm -hmm. and in being embodied in your senses is the most beautiful way to be in the present moment. So there you find you find everything. You find holiness, sacredness, um, presence, all of those things by just rooting into your senses. So in, in practice, that looks like if you're having sex or in a sexual scenario uh, and you find yourself thinking about that contract you need to sign, right? Um, notice it. I'm thinking about that contract. Put it on a leaf, let it float down a river, and then root back to the feeling of the fan on your butt or the taste of your partner's kisses or mm -hmm. whatever you are feeling with your senses in that moment in and moment. you will come back. That is so good. So basically refocusing. Yes. Exactly. Acknowledging, acknowledging that the thought is there, mm -hmm. letting it, letting it go away and centering yourself back to the moment in the feeling of what, what's happening in the exactly. moment. Exactly. Now you said something that, you know, you're, you're a woman of faith. I'm a woman of faith. And how when you said, um, you know, saying that God is the great I am, even bringing God into, yeah. into intimacy or into yeah. sex seems taboo, right? Right. Like, I'm, I'm sure you hear that all the time. I know for me, when, when I first got married with my husband on our wedding night, the night, yeah. it was hard for me to even have sex because I was yeah. like, I'm allowed, I'm allowed to, am I allowed yeah. to do this? Is it, yeah. is it okay? Like I really was, it was hard. Yes. And I'm sure there are a lot of women that feel like being a Christian woman, that there are certain, there are certain limitations that we have because 
we want to stay holy, you know, can you speak to that? Yeah. I mean, and really Monica, we could talk a lot about that, (laughs) but um, essentially due to a lot of years of trying to separate body and spirit or soul, um, especially for women, because historically our, our, um, value is in our child bearing and, you know, all, all of that brings us to a moment where we are kind of told to separate from our sexuality from, from very, very little, mm-hmm. um, in order to remain quote unquote pure. But as we know now, <laughs> there's no, um, there's no continuum to pure, right? Pure is either you are or you aren't, and that's not human. Um, And so when we are given this message that we are to remain pure, none of us can, even if you have an impure thoughts or anything like that. And so we feel shame about it. And that shame moves with us along our um, life and even into marriage, that shame doesn't dissipate simply because you have a marriage certificate. Um, so we have to really address what we're carrying in our backpack, essentially, all those messages from childhood and young adulthood um, that you are an object, you are um, a stumbling block or a depetaled flower or all of these, you know, we objectify essentially in purity culture. Um, And you have to undo those messages so that you can show up and be present and liberated in your sex life so you can enjoy it and not feel like, is this okay? Is that okay? Um, Yes. If it's between two consensual people, you're, you're, you and your spouse, like it's all okay. It's all okay. Isn't that, I mean, I can really dive deeper into the things that are okay, but I think you covered it in a general sense of it's two consensual people. It's okay. Yeah. You guys are agreeing to it as long as you're not bringing someone else into your, into your bedroom. Sure. Um, as long as you guys are okay with it, it's okay. I hope you guys are listening out there because I mean, it took me a long time to be freed in that, you know, to just perform certain acts or do certain things because is that okay? But because we're two consensual adults, married adults, it's absolutely okay. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, it, pleasure is one of those things that we have a, we, uh, and I say we as Christians have a hard time consult, like reconciling because we think somehow we're not supposed to feel pleasure in our bodies um, because of Augustine and again, the separateness of body and soul. Mm-hmm. And the more that we merge them, the more that we realize these are our temples, these are our ways in which we experience nature and the world and God, like you can give yourself permission to experience pleasure in ways that are meaningful to you. Right. I don't, we don't have a whole lot of time together, but I do want to get to some questions. There were a couple of people that sent in questions and I want to, you know, give it to you, the expert, and (laughs) um, you can answer that, you know, as as best as you can or in in your expertise way. Um, So the first question I won't give the names, but they say, how, how do you bring back passion in your relationship? How do you bring that, that passion back, the, the desire to be intimate back? Yeah. So 
um, this is one of the things that a lot of couples struggle with is like we, you know, the most common thing I hear in my practice is we wanted it, we want it to be like when we were first together, you know? Um, and if we go back to the idea that responsibility is the biggest killer of arousal, you probably have more responsibilities now than you did in college or whenever you first were together. So give yourself some grace there that you juggle a lot more and those responsibilities get in the way of that kind of passion. But some things that you can do is create anticipation because that's what desire really is, is and looking forward to something. Um, so you can create anticipation by making sex a little more intentional. For example, a lot of people say, I wish sex was spontaneous like it was when we were first together, but sex wasn't actually ever spontaneous. Spontaneous sex would be like you're walking down the sidewalk and all of a sudden you're having sex <laughs> and that would not be good. But when you were first together, you had sex more on the brain because you know, you were thinking, oh, Thursday's Yahtzee's night, Yahtzee night. I know we might have sex. I'm going to shave my legs or whatever. <laughs> so you were anticipating it happening yeah. and it happened more easily. So you can recreate that by making sex intentional. Okay. Thursday, the kids are at their grandparents. Um, let's make some time, like a couple of hours just to lay in bed and, and, and have sex or have a sexual experience. And that way you can anticipate it happening instead of having all of this anxiety about when it's going to happen. Yeah. And then the other part of that is to take sex off the table. The other times, if you haven't, mm. if you haven't made it intentional, um, or if you do, if you have made it intentional, don't worry about it on Wednesday and Tuesday. That way you can show up for each other in more authentic ways, not worried about if sex is going to happen or not. Okay. So how do you, so what do you say to a woman who is, is bashful? She can be a little bit embarrassed to initiate or, you know, she, she wants it, but she, you know, she's embarrassed to pursue. So how, how do you get someone, I guess, out of that? Yeah. Um, ask yourself a little bit about why it's hard, why it feels embarrassing, like what parts of your past or what parts of you um, feel insecure about that. And then if you have a, a partner who's you can open up to, which I hope if you're having sex with them, you can also open up to them. Say like, listen, I would like to initiate sex more, but it's hard for me. So can we make a sexual script where you just know like, Hey, when I say, do you want to go to the bedroom? You know, I'm trying to initiate sex in that moment. So just talk That's to your good. partner. That's yeah. really good. I like that. Yeah. Okay. And so the, the last question is, um, and if you're a little squeamish out there, I apologize. It is, <laughs> um, but we are talking about something that is important. And these are questions that people want to know. So the last question that I have is, is it okay to masturbate if you are thinking of your spouse? Sure, absolutely. <laughs> Touch yourself because um, here is where informed consent comes in. If you don't know about your own body, it's really difficult. I would say sometimes impossible to consent for another person to touch your body if you don't know what you like and what you don't like. So yes, masturbate, self-explore, figure out what you like and what you don't like um, so that you can give informed consent for somebody else to touch you in ways. It makes sex, it makes sex partnered sex better. And it makes you, helps you feel more comfortable touching yourself in a partnered experience, which can be really nice. Does that go the same for like bringing 
toys or additional yeah. things into the bedroom as well? Absolutely. Um, with toys, the biggest uh, thing that I hear is they're wondering, like, will this replace my partner? Right. And I would say 100%. That's called a replacement theory. It is not true. It won't replace oh. your partner because there's no toy out there that replaces the intimacy of humanity, right? You can't replace wow. the intimacy between two humans ever. So think about them as like added sensations. Like sometimes you want silk sheets. Sometimes you want cotton sheets. Sometimes you want a vibrator. Sometimes you want fingers. The end. That's it. No worries. I like how you, I like how you're so, um, is that a matter of fact? Yeah. yeah. Right. And you, I mean, you've been doing it 11 years. So you know, <laughs> right now you've gotten all of the, you know, those, the squeamish things out like me. It's so funny prior to getting on this call and I'm 41 years old, right? I mean, yeah. my husband and I have been married for 20 years. We've been together for 22. So it's not like this isn't something that I'm, hasn't been a part of my life for decades, right? But it's still, you know, it's, it still feels a little, you know, uncomfortable to talk about about it openly, you know, with some of your girlfriends, it's okay to kind of talk about some of the stuff, but right. you know, just to get past that. It's so funny. I was just talking like, I'm about to get on this call and I don't know what I'm going to say. I'm a, I've been a little bit embarrassed about some of this stuff, but the, but you're so freeing though, talking to you, you make it so easy to talk about. Um, so um, how, how can people get in contact with you if they have additional questions or if they want to uh, want to receive some of your services? You will be with us for the, for the few more weeks, but yeah. you know, if they have some questions now or want to your services now. Absolutely. You can find me at drcelesteholbrook.com and drcelesteholbrook on Instagram and Facebook. And if you go to my website, you can download, um, I think it's 20 sex enhancing questions. Um, so that's a really great way to get conversations started between you and your partner. Um, so download that. You can click on a discovery call. If you want to just get on the phone for 30 minutes, complimentary, and I might be able to point you in some directions to help you move your sex life uh, forward. Um, and I also do one-on-one, -on -one, you know, consults for an hour to for couples and for women alone to help you kind of move through some of these things give yourself permission to let some of this stuff go and to liberate yourself for better sex so all kinds of stuff i have courses classes all kinds of stuff so get in touch that is so awesome thank you so much celeste for being here you're my new friend uh, so, she's from columbus well she's not from columbus ohio but she lived in in columbus ohio for a few years so you know she's she's one of us that okay. both of us that are in Ohio. I know you guys are are listening from <laughs> everywhere, um, but you know she's 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 got some Buckeye in her a little bit. That's right. Uh, but thank you so much for being here again, Dr. Celeste. You're amazing, and I can't wait to dive in a little deeper with the coming weeks. I know, me too. I can't wait to see you next week, Monica. Let's do this. <laughs> Let's do it, girl. Right. Thank you so much for listening at home, friends. It's been another edition of Whole Heart with Monica C. Guidry. And just remember, as always, like a whole heart is a joyful heart. It is a heart full of joy. And so we want to pursue that one day at a time, one whole heart at a time. Thanks again. Until again, I'll see you. Bye-bye.